Hello, this is Zach Cherian. Thank you so much for joining us for our podcast today. We are really excited to bring you this teaching. Please open your heart, and if you can, your Bibles, and receive this word from the Lord, recorded live at Brazen Grace Fellowship. All right, let's get into the word. Uh, Hebrews chapter 3. We are uh, going to continue this theme of entering in. I declare this over you again. You're not going to see your promises from a distance. It's not going to be far off. You're going to enter in this year. Amen. All that God has promised you, you're going to enter into it this year. Amen. Amen. Everything that God has for you is not going to be, you're not going to be on top of a mountain dying, looking at it across the, across the water and go, oh, there it is. No, 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 no. You are entering in. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 15 through 19. Put your hand over your head, say, stinking thinking. You've got to go. Tonight I receive God's word. Fresh revelation. In Jesus' name. Amen. Verse 15, Hebrews 3. While it is said, today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. Today, if you hear his voice, Do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. Now, when you read that verse, we don't understand the context of what God is speaking about. And we hear the word obey, 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 obey written so often that we think that they did not enter in because they didn't do something God told them to do. And you can blame the, the failure of their entering into the promised land upon them disobeying God. When actually I already told you that the word obey that is there is the word believe. Amen. They didn't believe. They didn't enter in because of their unbelief. Amen. It was their unbelief that did not lead them in. So now comes the question. If you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Meaning when God speaks to you, don't reject what God is saying. So now I have to ask myself this question. What was God saying? See, because you can read that and go, oh, they just disobeyed God and they grumbled and they complained. Their grumbling and complaining had no effect on them coming out of Egypt, did it? It had no effect on them until Mount Sinai when the voice of God was finally heard. Now you ask me, what was the voice of God all about? I'll tell you what the voice of God was all about. In Exodus chapter 19, God's voice speaks to them and gives them how He sees them that whole voice if you hear his voice do not harden your hearts what was the voice that spoke to them the voice spoke to them said if you will if you will keep my covenant and obey my voice then you will be unto me a chosen generation a kingdom of priests what was the voice all about listen to me carefully it was all about identity It was about God giving them a new identity. The voice of God was all about them receiving how God saw them. So when they hardened their hearts against the voice of God, what was it that they were rejecting? Was it disobedience? No. It was them saying, no, we are not what you say we are. We reject what you say we are. Chosen generation, royal priesthood and all. Uh -uh. We don't want that stuff. They were rejecting an identity. Keep reading with me. 
For who having heard rebelled, indeed, was it not all who came out of Egypt led by Moses? Now listen, now with whom was he angry for 40 years? Was it not those who sinned, whose corpses fell in the wilderness? Verse 18, and to whom did God he swear, saying that they would not enter into his rest, but to those who did not obey? What's the word obey mean? Believe. What didn't they believe? They did not believe who God said they were. Identity wasn't important for them to come out of Egypt. Identity didn't matter to be delivered out of Egypt. But they were not going to enter the promised land if they did not get identity. I've been trying to break this down so hard. Last week I broke it down on grace and mercy. And sometimes we preachers can over oversimplify things. But I, I really want you to understand this. It didn't matter. Their identity of slaves didn't matter when they came out of Egypt. But the identity of who they were mattered once they were out for them to enter into the promised land. You will always get two revelations. Number one, the revelation of who God is. And number two, the revelation of who you are. The revelation of who God is, is what gets you saved. Nobody gets saved because they found out they were a chosen generation or a royal priesthood. Right? People get saved because you're like, he loves me? Really? Okay, I'll give him my life. Our identity is still messed up when we often when we get saved. We, we, we understand one thing, he loves me unconditionally. And that love always brings me, the goodness of the Lord always brings me into Him. But I don't have my own identity yet. But once I get saved, there comes a point where I don't just have to answer the question, who is He? I have to answer the question, who am I? I have to answer the question, who am I? You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Good. Everybody can answer that question. Now part two. You are not Simon anymore. You are Peter. And on this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Notice, now it wasn't just getting a revelation of who Jesus was. It was Jesus releasing a revelation of who Peter was. Are you listening to me? It's really important for us to understand that just getting a revelation of who God is, is not enough for you to enter into your destiny. You see how God did not send them back into slavery just because they didn't obey? So it does not affect their eternity, does it? God doesn't throw you out and go, go back to Egypt. You don't want to obey me? Go be an unbeliever. No, that's not the question here. The question is, can they enter into their destiny? To enter into their destiny, it's not, do you know how great I am? To enter into the promised land, the question is not, do you know how awesome I am? The question is, do you know who you are? The voice of God was released so they could hear what God thinks about them. Turn to Exodus 19, you don't believe me. Keep one hand in Hebrews 3. First part, Exodus 19 verse 4. The first part. The revelation of God. Amen. The first part is the revelation of God. You have seen what I did to the Egyptians. And how I bore you on eagle's wings and brought you to myself. That's the first part. The revelation of God. Verse 5. 
Now God is releasing the revelation of who they are. Now therefore if indeed you obey my voice and keep my covenant. Then you shall be a special treasure to me above all people. For all the earth is mine. First part verse 4. Revelation of who God is. Verse 5. Revelation of who they are. It always comes down to that. Who are you? It always comes down to that. Who are you? We got it. We saw you do the mighty works. Got it. You're awesome. We saw you send the plagues and whoop all those folks. Got it. You're amazing. Yeah, you bore us on eagle's wings. Yep, you love us. Okay. Uh uh-uh. uh. You shall be a special treasure to me above all people. Somebody say favored. God was saying, I'm going to favor you. (laughs) New covenant, we call it grace. I'm going to favor you. I'm going to favor you. I'm going to favor you above all the other people. He was saying, you'll be the envy of everybody else because I'm going to favor you. I'm going to favor you above all people. (laughs) Does God have favorites? I'm going to favor you. They couldn't accept that. That's why people have a hard time with the grace message. Because they can't accept that God can be that good. I mean, He can be that good. I will favor you above all people. Beloved, this message of grace... If you make it all about eternity, you've lost the whole point. The message of grace is not as much about eternity as much as it is about your destiny. Because you're not, oh, let's get, let's get, grace is so I can go to heaven. Yeah? But that's such a small part of it. It's funny because even though they did not listen or obey, He didn't send them back to Egypt. He never let it affect their bringing out of captivity. You notice that? Never affected it. But it did affect them entering into their destiny. You're awesome. You send the plagues. I mean, not only was Moses trying to convince Pharaoh to let the people go. He was convincing the people to go. Right? Poor guy, man. You know, I feel sorry for Moses more than Hosea. Hosea had to deal with one. One wife, oh Lord. Moses had to deal with three to four million of them. Three to four million of them. And here's Moses saying, see how I brought you out? See how I delivered you? I carried you on eagle's wings? You will be unto me. Verse 5, a special, what's it say? A special treasure above all people. That is when you just shut up and say, Amen. Your job is to say Amen to what God said. It's not for you to figure out where, how, when, when does it affect. What Your job is to say, I will be favored above all people. Amen. 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 That's why it's grace, y'all. That's why it's grace. I saved you so you could be mine. 
I saved you so you could be my people, my preferred ones. I prefer you. You're my special one. I ain't making this up. That's the word of God. Special treasure. Special treasure. Say, I'm his special treasure. Say it like you really, I'm his special treasure. That's me. You notice how the identity was so crucial? Because it was not just knowing how awesome God is and how he can deliver them and set them free. It was about receiving what he says about them. You are my special treasure. If you will hear my voice and not harden your heart. My question to you is, what did they harden their heart about? Where were you for the last 400 years when we were slaves? Huh, where were you? What, what do you mean above all? What do you mean unmerited favor? What do I have to do? What do I need to do? Pray for 21 days? Okay, I can do that. Fast? Daniel fast? What, what, what would you want me to do to be one of those? You don't get it, do you? You obey my voice. What is the voice saying? <laughs> Believe my word. What is the word saying? You're a special treasure to me. <laughs> Above all people. You're a special treasure to me. And then God goes on to say, if you don't believe me, let me explain to you. The whole earth is mine. The whole earth is mine. And in the whole earth, you will be my special treasure. The whole world is mine. And in the middle of everything, you are my special treasure. You are his chosen generation. You are his royal priesthood. You are his holy nation. See, if you don't get that part and you make that identity that God is giving you as an expectation. If you take God's identity and make it a requirement, then you will find yourself working towards becoming something that God already said you are. Which means, which means, based on Hebrews chapter 3 and chapter 4, you will not enter his rest. I've been preaching rest for a long time, but this one hit me this past week. What were they supposed to rest on? They were supposed to rest on the fact that God said it is finished. (laughs) Adam was only made after all the creation was done. (laughs) Adam wasn't created until it was finished. Now there was nothing left for Adam to do. Because everything that needed to be done was already done. Adam was only born after it was finished. Just like each of us were born again after the cross. Now if you were born again before the cross, then you have to get on the cross too. But you were born after the cross, so everything that needs to be done is. 
Beloved, that's what the Bible says is rest. You see how angry God gets? I couldn't understand that in grace. How, do, how does Paul talk about anger and God's wrath and, and madness? I'd be mad too. You can't believe that I did all this for you? You can't believe that I finished it for you? And so now you think you have to do something else as if I didn't already do it all? See, beloved, this is why grace is not about eternity. Grace is all about destiny. When you are freaking out, when you are carrying burdens you shouldn't be carrying, when you're living in fear, it only means one thing. You forgot your identity. And so while you are in the cage of misery and anxiety and depression, because you've accepted on the burden of working it yourself and trying to finish what is already finished, you're trying to help carry the ark because God needs help apparently. Good intentions and all. Good intentions. But my people perish. Because of a lack of knowledge. So my question to you is, what don't they know? It's not that they don't know how great God is because the first line of that verse disqualifies it. He calls them my people. If they are my people, they know me. So we ain't talking about somebody that don't know him. Oh Jesus, this is so good. We ain't talking about someone that doesn't know him. We're talking about someone that don't know themselves. My people perish because of a lack of knowledge. Why are they perishing? Because they don't know who they are. How do I know who I am? I got to obey the voice of the Lord. What does God say about me? What does God say about me? This is how our prayer life should become. When you stand before something that you have to stand before and pray. Don't go from, oh God, the answer is over there. So I'm going to pray until something happens. Push, baby. Push. Pray until something happens. If you're going to do that, you're going to be not resting. And when you don't rest, you don't enter in. When the enemy comes in, when an attack comes in, when something that is contrary to your identity shows up, that is the time for you to say what God is saying about you more than ever. When it feels like you messed up and that feeling of the Holy Spirit's gone. And you, you feel like, oh, he's, I messed up, he's gone too far away. Uh, uh, that's when you say, he said, he will never leave me. I don't care what you feel or what you don't feel, baby. It's time you start saying what God says. You will always be struggling. I don't care how much you come to this church and how much you think you got grace. Most people that I know who believe in grace are still striving. Making sense now? Because grace is all about you receiving unmerited favor. Unmerited favor begins with you receiving an unmerited identity. There is no unmerited favor manifesting until you say amen to the unmerited identity first. I am blessed and highly favored. Well, bless God, it don't look like it, preacher. 
It sure don't. It sure don't look like it. I mean, you know, last month I hardly paid my. I mean, I, I still got the credit card guys on on my back. I mean, I, I. You can go around saying what the people say, what your teacher says, what your education says, what everybody else, your boss says, or you can say what the Word of God says. And you see, God never changes His mind about them, no matter what. Because the beautiful thing about the people of Israel, as opposed to us, is Jesus came. That tabernacle was just a type. It was just a shadow. It's like somebody saying, you're walking around kissing and hugging a picture when you got your wife right in front of you. Ooh, I love my baby. Hold on, hold on, honey, hold on. You're walking around with the shadow when the very substantive person is there. They were just given the shadow. We have the person. We have the substance. We have Jesus. And Jesus says, this is the covenant I will make with them. Their sins and their lawless deeds. I will remember no more. Now that's really good and sounds really unmerited and really gracious of God to do that. But why? Why does God not remember my sins and my lawless deeds? Because if he did it, he's going to have to change his opinion about me. My identity cannot change based on what God says about me. Your sins and your lawless deeds I will remember no more. But that's kind of weird. It's like God just closing his eyes. Yup. So those times that I messed up, you know what God did? He says, I still choose to see him washed by the blood. I still choose to see her washed by the blood. What about when I did this? And what about when I did that? Um, I still choose to see you washed by the blood. I still choose to see you as a chosen generation, as a royal priesthood. But then it just went downhill from their preacher. It's because you said amen to what you did rather than what God said you are. You will not enter my rest because of your unbelief. But that just sounds ridiculous. It sounds unfair. Exactly. Unmerited. When you start changing your opinion based on what you do rather than what God says then you've walked out of rest into striving. Because then everything that you are trying to get is ahead of you. I'm going to say something to you that's going to mess your theology. I know we always sing, The cross before me, the world behind me. Now I understand what the song is saying. I get it. It's talking about rejecting the world and saying yes to the Lord. But the cross ain't what you're saying yes to. Because you were already crucified the day you said yes to Jesus. You know what your identity is? You died. Paul says it simply. It is no longer I that live it. Because me died. When Jesus died, you died. When Jesus died, you died. When you died, when Jesus died, so did your old nature, the old man, he is dead. If you're sinning, it means you're stupid. Simple, plain and simple. 
It means you're acting like something that's dead. So stop putting on something that is already crucified. It's a lot longer than four days. And when you sin, in the words of the Bible, speaking of Lazarus, he stinketh. Sin stinks. Sin stinks. But it doesn't change your identity. <laughs> it does not change your identity. You got some weaknesses you're still struggling with? You got some dumb habits? Guess what? You say what God says about you. You got some addictions you want to get over? Then you say right now, I'm an overcomer. I'm not under it. We don't think these words through, do we? I'm not under this habit. I'm over it. Oh, but, but man, last night, you don't know what I did. I don't care what you did. If you can say what God says, if you can believe what God says and say what God says, then you will be what God says you are. Rest. That's what rest is, man. That's what rest is. Seventh day. It's exactly what it is. Rest. Beloved, in the new covenant, even though we meet on a Sunday, Every day is Sabbath. <laughs> Every day is the day of rest. Every day. Every day. Some people took it literally and stayed home for the game. But that's good. Bless them. They ain't Gentiles and unbelievers because they didn't come to church. The only one mad at them is their pastor. I'm kidding. I'm not. Some of y'all are like, man, I should have stayed home. Then you'd have missed this good word. <laughs> Pastor, so if I mess up and I forget to confess and then I die in an accident. Come on, youth camp people. Remember the youth camp questions? Every youth camp, same question. And I would go, oh, yeah, I, I guess. You know, Bible says if you don't confess that. Well, yeah, I guess you go to hell. And then one day I got there. God sending people to hell over a technical difficulty, a delay. It's like, Church, your identity never changes. It is your identity that is your ticket into heaven. It's not your confession or your repentance. So if your action doesn't change your identity, don't go around acting unsafe. Do you know how many people backslide because they feel they've done it too much? Do you know people that say, well, I've done it too far. Big deal. It doesn't make a difference. I'm lost now anyway. Let me just go out there and sin. That was me as a young kid. I was like, well, since I'm already messed up, why not just go mess up real good? Are you listening to me? It's because we don't have an idea for identity in Christ that we go crazy sinning. But when you know your identity, when you know your identity, let's go to Daniel, the one I've been beating up on all year. I love Daniel. The Bible says there was offered before them food that was offered to idols. Right? Why did Daniel say no to the food that was offered to idols, which in Jewish culture is sinful? I'll tell you why. Because he knew he was Jewish. And that food ain't coming into a Jewish body. It was always about identity. You know why people go around being stupid sinning? Because they don't have a revelation of who they are in that area of their life. When you don't know your identity, you live off of what people say about you. 
And so you work really hard to make people like what you do. Therefore, you live off of their opinion. Once again, that's not rest. That's striving. The truth of the matter is, when you are what God says you are, actually, everybody starts seeing it. You don't have to go around telling people, I am a prophet. Trust me, I'm a prophet. I have a word for you. I'm a prophet. Shut up and sit down. People know who you are when you live out your identity. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Way before David was going to be king, Saul was already trying to kill him because he was worried about him taking his place. That's a little boy. Because even the enemy knows your identity. We walk in insecurity because we don't know who we are. And so we work overtime to prove to people who we want them to think we are. If you have to even work hard to prove it to someone, it means you don't believe it to begin with. That's true. Preach. If you are the Christ, huh? Turn this stone into bread. Prove to me that you really are the Son of God. Come on, prove to me. Think about that. What would be your response be? Devil, let me show you who I am. Come here, boy. Right? Jesus wasn't phased. Jesus wasn't phased. It is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every that from the you are my son in whom I am well pleased. Really? Why don't you wait for me to say it is finished before you say you're well pleased with me? Say, Father, I think you, you know, you live in eternity and all, so you kind of miss out what's going on down here. No, it's because I live in eternity that I don't care about where you live. Because in my eternity, you are already blessed. You are already well-pleasing. Well you are already worthy of my pride and my adoration. Because I live above your time. I don't live in your world to sit there and gripe every time you go through stuff. I live above that. God's opinion of you doesn't change based on what you do. God's opinion of you does not change. Does? Now, I know you came in here all kind of feeling guilty. Oh, I didn't read my Bible this whole week. I don't feel really tight with God. I'm going to have to really worship a little harder than usual to get into the presence. <laughs> and then God shows up like he did a few minutes ago. Boof. Whoa. Yeah, because it ain't got nothing to do with you. I am coming to the place where I want brazen grace to be the place where the glory of God shows, not because we created the atmosphere. I lived all my life with that pressure. I want Him to show up because He likes me. He loves to be in my presence. I love, I love, I love your presence. It's good. God is singing that to you. <laughs> but you don't know what I did yesterday you don't know what I did before I came to this church you don't know the, the stuff I've been doing the stuff I've been looking at I love your presence I love your presence 
This is why God says your sins and your lawless deeds I will remember no more. Because if I remember them, it will affect my coming to you. I will never look at you as a sinner. So therefore, I don't have to ever worry about coming and being with you. Coming and dwelling with you. Coming and being one with you. That is the good news of the gospel, beloved. That is the truth. He will never ever leave you. He will never ever forsake you. Instead of trying to become something, say you are what God says you are. Say what God says. Believe what God says. If you will not harden your hearts when they did in the wilderness, when the voice of God spoke to them and said, you will be a treasured people above all. The people say, Amen. 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 You want, you, you want me? Amen. I'm in. <laughs> you want me? You can have me. Don't sit there and try to explain to God because of your law mind what God wants and doesn't want. That would be like the people of Israel. He can be Jesus. This guy can be the Messiah. He hangs out with hookers. He hangs out with all kinds of crazy people. Samaritan woman? Really? I mean, you know the time the disciples go up to Jesus and go, doesn't this man know what repute of, what kind of repute this woman has? That's right, tell the Savior of the world. <laughs> Think about the audacity that we have. And that's how we walk with our repentance. Let me tell you what I did, God. Let me tell you how sinful I am. Let me tell you how bad I am. Let me tell you why you shouldn't hang out with me. What kind of God is he? Does he not know what what woman of repute that is? He is. But because of his passionate love to be one with you, he takes the law out of the way. Therefore, now there is no condemnation. There is no, there is no, there is no. He is reconciling us to himself. He is not counting our trespasses against us. Are you listening? He's not holding our sins against us. He's not holding it against you. So he can hold you close to his heart. Your sins and your lawless deeds, I will remember no more. There is no rest without your identity. There is no walking in rest. Because we have great faith to believe for that in our spirituality, but we don't know how to apply it to our jobs. Or our holiness. Or our ministry. And so we separate the two. We say, oh, that's my holy life and this is my... No, 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 there is nothing. There is no such thing. God doesn't compartmentalize you. You are to me a chosen treasure, a special treasure above all the peoples of the earth. I have favored you. I have chosen you. I have loved you. I have loved you. Jeremiah 33, I think it says, I've loved you with an everlasting love. Everlasting love. When does that everlasting love stop? <laughs> Unconditional love. It's a big word, isn't it? You know what it means? Love without conditions. Your revelation of God will bring you out of Egypt. 
but it won't take you into the promised land. The only thing that will take you into you fulfilling your destiny here on the earth is your identity. Who do you say I am? That's the first part of the equation. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Right answer. Now listen to what I say about you. You're a small pebble in the eyes of people. But I say you are a boulder. You are a rock. Uh, you do know I'm going to deny you three times in the future, right? You know you're going to look at me and say, Get thee behind me, Satan. <laughs> huh? You do know I'm the same guy that's going to try to walk and then I'm going to start drowning and go, Lord, save me. You, you know I'm the same guy, right? Listen to me. Everybody thinks you're a flaky little pebble. I say you're a boulder that will not be shaken. Amen. You're a rock. That's my identity. Are you listening to me? I will give you the keys of the kingdom. That's my identity for you. What? Wait for me to fast and pray first. No, I have given you the keys of the kingdom. Are you listening to me? Don't try to earn what has been given to you freely. When you start trying to earn what is already given to you freely, you will walk out of what is freely yours because now you're not living in unmerited favor. Is that simple or what? Well, I'm all about grace. But that grace, but that grace. <laughs> Where did that come from? <laughs> but if you, <laughs> if you don't know how to apply it to your life on the earth, if grace is only a license to go to heaven for you, you miss out the whole picture. It was good enough to come out of Egypt, but it wasn't good enough to enter the promised land. What did they have to do? What did they have to do? They only had to do one thing. Believe what he said. Not harden their hearts when his voice was spoken. You are to me a chosen treasure. Man, this grace message is coming all around, isn't it? It's just making sense. It's making sense all around. Rest, 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 rest. When a part of you starts to run, say sit down. When a part of you tries to get blessed... Say, sit down. You're blessed. I am seated. I am. You're not trying to get seated. If you're going to try to get seated, you'll be climbing all your life. And that's what John chapter 10, the first part talks about. The thief always climbs. I am seated with him in heavenly places. That's your identity. You're already seated. You're not trying to sit down. You're already seated. So for God's sake, sit down. Sit down. Sit down. You look like a fool trying to run and get holy. You look real crazy trying to get anointed. You are anointed. But I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't. How, how does it? It will start when you start believing that you are. I am. Now that is rest. There is no rest without your identity. There is no rest. There is no rest without your identity. Adam, I have made you in my likeness and my image. Huh? Ah, just say amen. Just say amen. So when the enemy comes and says, did you know God didn't really make you like him? 
and what you need to do to become like him is eat this fruit. Because if you eat this fruit, you will be just like God. When that temptation comes, say, sorry, devil, I'm already like him. You want to be holy? You want to be holy? Here's a plan I got. It's a 21-day fast. You want to get breakthrough in your life? You want to get breakthrough in your life? Then I want you to do this. Seven-day plan. Every morning, 20 minutes, I want you to get... Don't tell me to do something to become something I already am. Say it, I'm holy. Say it, I'm holy. Sin has no dominion over me. When I am under grace. Now please take that verse and put it in the context of everything I just preached. Sin cannot have dominion over me when I live in the unmerited favor of God or the unmerited identity of God for me. Sin cannot have dominion over me when I accept that I am already holy. Sin will only have dominion over me when I am under the law. What is the law? The law says only if you do this will you become holy. So when I try to do something to become holy, I am under the law. And based on Romans 6, 14, I will keep sinning. But when I accept the unmerited favor, the unmerited identity, Amen. Amen. What do I need to do to be anointed, preacher? What do I got to do to be anointed? First, say that you're anointed. Yeah. Believe I'm anointed. I am anointed. I am anointed. I am not insecure about anointed people in my church. I'm only worried about those people who don't think they are but have to prove to me that they are. Because those who know their identity would always walk in humility. Because they receive their identity without any, any work of their own. When you receive it for doing nothing, you will always say, thank you, Jesus. It's when you work for it and you earn it and you're like, you know what I did to get to where I am today? I remember a prophet of God came to a church I used to work at and somebody came up to her and says, can I have your handkerchief, please? Can I have your handkerchief, please? Because I want an impartation of what's on your life. And the lady looked at that man and said, you want to just take my handkerchief and receive what took me 30 years to become who I am? And something didn't sit right in my spirit. If you took 30 years to get what you got, I don't want it. But if you received it by faith, just by believing for no apparent reason, I want that stuff. I want an impartation of your grace. I don't want an impartation of your law. (laughs) I don't want you to give me nothing you worked hard for. I want you to give me what God gave you freely. That's why the Bible says, freely receive, freely You know why you have a hard time putting money in that offering plate? Because you think you earned it. (laughs) You know how long I worked hard for this? You just want to just put it in the plate just like that? (laughs) When you know what you've received is the grace of God, you have no ownership over it. You gave it. It's yours. I'm going to think twice. And Lord, 
Give me a confirmation. May a camel poop in the shape of a heart in my backyard. If you want me to give $1,000 today. No, that's not how we live in the new covenant. We are led by the Spirit of God, not by confirmations. New covenant people don't go around looking for fleeces. They are led by the voice of God. My sheep hear my voice and they know what to do. Are you listening to me? Eeny, meeny, miny, moe, cats. Oh, this is the job. <laughs> Beloved, we don't walk in that world in the new covenant. When you have an inspiration of the Holy Ghost, yes, sir. Amen. Amen. I'm going to fight. I'm going to argue. Yes, sir. How can he say yes so quickly? Because that's how fast I said yes to my identity. <laughs> that's how fast I said yes. Holy nation. Yes, sir. You are blessed. Amen. You are holy. Amen. You are righteous. Amen. You are blessed. Amen. You are rich. Amen. You are anointed. Amen. You are full of faith. Amen. That's your identity. Amen. When you know that, rest. The rest is rest. When you know your identity, the rest is rest. Come on, look at somebody and say, chill out. Stop sweating, man. Stop looking like the book of Lamentations. <laughs> say, I am seated with him in heavenly places. Come on now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now praise him like you believe it. Come on, stand up on your feet. Put your hand over your head, both hands. Say, be still, my soul. Be still, my soul. See, David had to speak to himself sometimes. Because there was a part of him that was jumping and running and doing things that wasn't part of who he was. So sometimes you got to just speak to yourself and say, be still, my soul. Come on, do it again. Put your hand over your mind. Say, be still. Be still. Be still. If you would like to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you can repeat this simple prayer with me right now, wherever you are. Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you as I am and receive you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for dying for me. I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that Jesus is my Lord. I am yours forever in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us today for this teaching. We would love to hear from you. You can write us at ZCIM PO Box 592675, San Antonio, Texas 78259. For more information on ZCIM, please visit us at zcim.org or on Facebook and Twitter at ZCIM Official. God bless you.